Good morning. Morning. It's great to see you. My name is David Greenhaw, and I'm the interim senior minister here at Naples United Church of Christ. And I welcome all of you who are uh, joining us online as well, especially this morning at nine. Those at Arbitrace. Uh, glad you're here today. Good morning. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for congregational care here. I echo what David said. We are thrilled that you've chosen to spend your Sunday morning with us, whether you are in person or online. I'd like you to ask you to register your attendance. So if you're here in the sanctuary, please get those blue attendance pads and take a moment and fill it out and then pass it to your neighbor. And if you're worshiping with us online, we've got a few things for you to do this morning. First of all, please register your attendance in the comments section and tell us where you're worshiping from this morning. And then after that, you can go ahead and click on a link in the comments section, which will pull up a PDF of our bulletin if you'd like to follow along. And last, but certainly not least, today is Communion Sunday. And so if you'd like to participate in that sacrament with us a little bit later on in the service, please take this opportunity to gather a beverage and a bread-like substance of your choice. (laughs) And it too will be transformed. And it too will be transformed, that's right. Um, If you're a parent of young children, there will be a gathering for you right after worship today in Nelson Hall upstairs, hosted by Jeannie Snedeker, our Director of Christian Education. So please, after worship, the parents of young children head up there. For the rest of you, if you're not a parent of young children, after worship, head down to our church's thrift store, The Bargain Box. There's a special coffee hour today at the Bargain Box. If you haven't been before, it's just an incredible ministry of our church, which helps fund our church's missions. It's also an important resource in the community, and so you can get some goodies down there and shop and learn more about it. So, and there's a map to where it is in your bulletin. And my understanding is that Sandy, who runs the Bargain Box, Mm -hmm. uh, also makes a really mean salmon spread. So if you go, uh, you can buy good things and have some salmon spread, too. Very delicious. Homemade. This afternoon at 3, not this morning at 10.10, but this afternoon (laughs) at 3, there is a, a youth jazz orchestra concert. Uh, the Na- Artist Naples Youth Jazz Orchestra will have a concert here, and the, uh, the, there'll be an opportunity to contribute to uh, Dan Morris's, is that? Miller. 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 I just, uh, Becky, I need you so much to keep me in line. <laughs> Dan Miller's, um, uh, who died this year and ran the Youth Jazz Forever uh, Scholarship Fund, so please be sure and participate in that today. And this week, we are continuing our Lenten midweek meditations. They are a service right here in the sanctuary at noon, 30 minutes of word and prayer and song. It's a great midweek pause in the middle of this sacred season as we get ready for Holy Week and Easter. And this week, the person offering our meditation is Pastor Emeritus, Reverend Dr. Ron Patterson. He will be in town for the 50th anniversary celebration, and so we asked him to offer the reflection on Wednesday. So he will do that, and then our own Reverend, um, excuse me, Dr. <laughs> Alexander Carlson will offer the music. So She just got ordained. I, I didn't know that. So uh, <laughs> how about that? So, uh, 
Um, so, um, 50th anniversary. Let's just talk about 50th anniversary. It's this week we're celebrating it. Next, starting on Friday, is a big celebration. Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. We will have uh, three of the general minister and presidents of the United Church of Christ. That's the person who is responsible for the whole denomination, both representing it to local congregations and literally around the world. And the last three of those, John Thomas, Reverend John Thomas, uh, Reverend Joffrey Black, and then the current one, uh, the Reverend John Dorhauer, will be here. And we're going to have a conversation about... uh, the United Church of Christ in the last 50 years, and Naples in the last 50 years, and how they have supported and been uh, related to each other. If you don't know it, the first building of this church, the, the building itself, the land in the building, cost about $220,000, and 170000 was loaned to us by the United Church of Christ. Um, And so uh, we've been in a partnership with the United Church of Christ since the beginning. So what about that, both in the past and in the future? Uh, It's a treat. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Please come. Afterwards, there'll be uh, refreshments in the gathering place. And then on Saturday morning, um, the uh, Pastor Emeritus Ron Patterson and uh, Lovey Kavacek and uh, just uh, everybody who's been around will be here. The former ministers will be here, and they'll be in a kind of, uh, I don't know what to call it. The, if I call it brunch, it's too heavy. If it's continental breakfast, you think you're going to be in France. Uh, it's going to be things to eat and drink while you visit. An open house in the morning, Saturday morning. Please do that. It's an opportunity to say hello and uh, reconnect with uh, uh, David and Deb and just a, a whole lot of folks. So please join us uh, on Saturday morning. Saturday night is the gala and the premiere of a wonderful video uh, and some other surprises on Saturday night. And then next Sunday morning in worship. Uh, uh, brace yourself. We're going to be so loaded with uh, people in robes and uh, you know all decked out in our feathers. It's going to be great. So please join us next Sunday morning for the 50th anniversary celebration of the congregation. Um, lots of things happening. Please don't miss out on this great week of celebrating the church. And just so you don't miss it, uh, a little warning, if you are, don't have an Apple Watch that resets its time, remember that we spring forward next week. So, you know, if you come for the worship at 10 o'clock, you're going to have to wait until the 11 o'clock. So be sure and set your clocks back for uh, daylight savings times ends next week. Set them ahead. If you set them back, we're really in trouble. So, uh, all right, uh, let us uh, now continue with the worship of God. For God so loved the world, the sparrows and the mountain lions and the fish and the mosquitoes and the people. For God so loved the world in success and in failure, in sickness and in health, in mediocrity and in the extraordinary. For God so loved the world enough to become one of us, enough to suffer alongside us, enough to offer us new life. For God so loved the world, let us worship God. Let us pray together. Gracious and compassionate God, 
We come before you today with open hearts and minds, ready to receive all that you have for us. We ask for your blessings and protection as we begin this worship service. We pray that your presence would be felt in this place and that we would be transformed by your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, why do we settle for only being born once or even twice? As if your world never changes. As if everything is fine the way it is and we have no need for new life new encounters with you, new promptings of your spirit, new awakenings in our souls. Sometimes we mistakenly turn your invitation into a mark of our own achievement, as if being born again is something we have earned or achieved. Yet this morning we remember that life with you is nothing other than an extravagant gift And glimpses of your reign that we receive are neither earned nor deserved. That being born again and again and again is a vital step in the cycle of being a person of faith. We praise you for the shocking, miraculous truth, O God, that we can always be, that we always need to be born again. That you always welcome us into a surprising new life the wonderful, creative, unpredictable world of your spirit, and that all we can do is allow ourselves to be pushed, birthed by your grace into new experiences of your realm here on earth. We thank you. We thank you, O God, that despite what might seem like a constant barrage of bad news, the darkness we're in may just be the womb where we're waiting for you to birth new hope, new life, and new possibilities into our world. You invite us to be born again through the healing of our relationships, healing of our bodies and minds, healing of nations, healing of creation, healing of our spirits. May we have eyes to see and ears to hear the ways you're working through the world to provide us with hope and healing and new life. We thank you for loving the world so much that you sent Jesus to us to show us how to love one another. And so we pray together the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
This morning's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. And if you'd like to follow along in your bulletins, you're welcome to, as the text is printed in them. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. May God bless our modern hearing of these holy words. So uh, I understand spring training has begun for Major League Baseball, or is about to, I'm not sure which, but uh, it makes me think back about some things about baseball. When I was young and went to baseball games, there was just kind of a baseball field and people who watched the game and some announcer somewhere calling things out, but As I started to go, there was a guy named Charlie Finley who changed the game a lot. I may have mentioned Charlie before. He had a little rabbit that came up out of the, out behind the home plate and handed balls and, and the, and baseball games became more of a circus than a ball game. In fact, you kind of forget to watch the game. In fact, one of my favorite things to go to a ball game now is they have six 
baseball caps and a ball gets under one of them and it's an animated on the screen. So you see it up there and the ball moves under the cap. It keeps moving around. You have to watch it with your eyes to do it, to figure out where it is and you guess which one it is. And I'm pretty good at that. And while I'm doing that, somebody steals home. I don't know. I'm, I'm not watching the game. Uh, the games are so much activity. And that led to something that happened several years ago. You may remember it. But they started to have cameras that would look straight down behind from the pitcher right to the, to the catcher and the batter and the umpire. So you'd, you'd see in the TV screen a, a wonderfully framed image of the batter and the catcher and the umpire. And then some people in the stands right there. And right there in the stands for many, many baseball games, somebody would stand with a sign that said John 3.16, this text that we just heard today. Right there behind the ball player, John 3.16. Now, unless you read the Bible constantly, you're wondering, what in the world is that? Is that three strikes, 16 balls? What uh, is a batter named John? No, it's a Bible passage for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that's a John 3.16. Now, I've thought often that that's an unfortunate placement for that because when I think of a ball player and a catcher and an umpire, strike one, and then another one comes, strike two, and this is the one that I always find interesting. Three strikes, you're out. Just like that, just all in one big motion. Three strikes, you're out. He's out. I think it's unfortunate that this Bible passage gets framed by three strikes you're out. It, it is as if for God so loved the world that if you get Jesus and you are saved, you're going to be all right, everything's fine, and everybody else is out. They stopped one verse too soon because it goes on and it says that God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. I don't know how we get this all wrong. If you love the world, you don't want to condemn the world. If you love the world, you want the world to be saved. It's a, it's a blooming mess, isn't it? There's all sorts of problems in the world. You don't want to just condemn the world. Three strikes are out! You don't want to get rid of the world. You want to transform the world. Somehow we've got this all wrong. We, we think of religion and God about condemning. There, there's a whole universe of folks who are eager to condemn and to push out and to, to sort and get those in and those out and keep the ones out really out. There's been a whole tradition in the history of the church to build a wonderful big fence around the communion table, a, a, a way to keep everybody out. You have to be just right to come to this table. You, you better get everything right. That's the way it's been said. You got to have everything right to do it. Folks, I've got bad news for you. You can't get everything right. You can't do what it takes to be able to be fed by God, loved by God, redeemed by God, saved by God. You just can't do it. And so 
If the fence says you've got to have it together before you can come, well, we're all in trouble. But God did not enter the world to condemn the world, but to save it, to make it better, to make it holy, to make it loving, to make it a home. That's the power of that. And I, I just wish they'd move that sign out. Actually, they did. There was a Supreme Court case, all kinds of crazy things about that, John 3.16. But remember John 3.17, not to condemn. Not to condemn, but to bring home, to save. Amen. Safe! (laughs) Welcome home. Welcome home to where God holds you, loves you, does not condemn but transforms you. Amen.